right, if I can have your attention, I want to welcome you to East Hills of Baptist Church tonight, our last night of revival. Has God not blessed in these services? It's been a wonderful time. We're so thankful. Uh, I have one announcement I'd like to make. Um, this is our third annual Christmas in Taylorsville. Our church family has partnered with Taylorsville Elementary uh, again this year, and we've accept, we, we have 23 families for Christmas and need your help in making Christmas possible for these children in our community. And if you'd like to help, would you please contact Armin Chapman or Kathy Johnson? And I think as of right now, of the 23 families, only five have been picked up. So if you're interested in helping a family, I think, how many did we do last year, Mark? 25 families last year. So um, if you're interested in helping a family, please let Kathy, Armin, or even Mark know. And uh, let's, uh, let's take care of these and, and let's see these children have a great Christmas, okay? Well, I want you to stand with us, and Sharon's going to come and lead us in a song, and you shake hands with one another, and let's welcome one another in the Lord tonight.
seated.
I'm going to ask our ushers if they will to come down. Um, and I'm going to ask, we're going to take up an offering for uh, Phil Hoskins tonight. This is what this offering is for. If you'd like to make out a check, you could uh, just make it out to him. And I'm going to ask Gary Jennings to come. Gary um, knows Phil probably as good as anyone. And he's going to uh, kind of give the introduction after we take up the offering and the choir sings. Phil's going to come and preach. But I asked Gary to come for two reasons. Number one was to introduce Phil. And number two is I just want to let you guys in on something that the deacons talked about back in June. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but we're building a building out here to my right. And uh, we talked in June about naming this building after somebody. And Gary Jennings um, faithfully has, uh, I hadn't mentioned anything yet, has served uh, this church for 30 years. And as you know, it wasn't just Gary. It was Linda as well and Heather and Melissa and their family, and um, we're gonna we're gonna make a motion to you guys uh, on December the second at our business meeting to name this building the Jennings Family Ministry Building. And we just wanted Gary Jennings to know that, brother. We love you very much. We was. Uh, we was going to put a statue up of him like T.D. Jakes has, but um, I told him if there's a statue of Gary's Jennings in that building, that thing would start talking, so we're not going to put that up. But we do love you guys. We love you very much. Your time's coming. I told them they to put my, my picture in the bus bar. Let's ask God's blessing on our offer. Father, we just ask you, Lord, tonight to accept our thanksgiving and praise for your goodness and your mercy. Father, we thank you especially at this time of the year. That while, Lord, life's not always easy, Lord, it's not always fair. Lord, there's sickness and pain and loss, financial reverses. Lord, our lives are so blessed. God, you do so much. That, Lord, we could never thank you enough. And, Lord, tonight we just pray that you'd bless this offering. Multiply it to Brother Phil's needs. And, Lord, I pray that you would make it possible for him to go somewhere. To minister, Father, in your name where otherwise he wouldn't be able to go. Lord, some obscure place, some place that, Lord, needs encouragement. Lord, some pastor and some people that, Lord, are struggling for their very spiritual existence. And, God, I pray that you'd make it possible, Lord, through the generosity of your people here, Lord, to send him. Lord, we want to always be a sending church for your servants who are willing to go and carry the glorious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, bless this offering, the gift and the giver. Multiply it to your kingdom's work through your servant in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, choir, so very, very much, Aaron. How many of you have um, heard Phil before and still came back to hear him again? Okay. Well, if you've ever heard Phil Hoskins before, you have no problem coming back again and again and getting to hear him. Phil is uh, eight years younger than I am, and when God called me to preach and I surrendered and started preaching at 14, Phil was six years old, and Phil heard me one of the first times I ever preached. And I told a little story that night about how God created Adam, and God looked at Adam and said, I can do better than this, and he created Eve. And that night, Phil came forward on the invitation. I heard him praying, a little fellow down there praying. He said, God, I heard Brother Gary preach tonight, and you can do better than this. And God called him. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I've, I have watched Phil's life and grew up in Kingsport, as I did, and has now for these 57 years Stayed by the stuff at home. God called him as a preacher, put him in evangelism for several years between pastorates. And Phil probably, during those years in evangelism, probably preached as many meetings per year as any preacher across the Southern Baptist Convention. Many years, Phil preached 48, 49, 50 meetings a year had maybe two weeks, maybe three weeks, maybe four weeks during the entire year that he could count his own and stayed on the road the rest of the time. And then God called him to Higher Ground Baptist Church, called him to a church that had come out of a, a troubling situation, a church plant that uh, I don't think anybody in the world could have ever taken and done what God has done with Brother Phil there in that place, has raised up a church that has been a beacon, a lighthouse, that has in that entire region of the world a testimony that, that certainly is, is not equaled by any. Phil's preaching now in about seven states on uh, TV, and uh, when I get to go home or when we're in the mountain, I get to hear him on Saturday night at 8 o'clock, and uh, I get Mother to go to church with me on Saturday night, and we sit and watch Brother Phil on TV. And uh, what a blessing he is. And I want you to know tonight, you have the privilege of hearing one of the greatest men of God in this country today. Uncompromisingly. I want to tell you, some of you wouldn't make it as members of his church because you're a little weak in the knees for his kind of preaching at home. I want to tell you right now. I, I hear him sometimes on TV, and I say, oh, Brother Phil, I don't know whether I said that or not, you know, because he really skins them. And I want you to put your hands together tonight, and I want God's people in the house of God to give the Lord a hand clap of praise for what the Lord's going to do in our hearts and minds tonight. Brother Phil, you come and preach this. I was dreading that, but it wasn't so bad. <laughs> I love old people.
just makes me nervous. You never know what they're going to say. They just, whatever's on their mind, they just blurt it out, you know. So, But I'm, uh, I'm delighted for two things. Number one, I think it is very honorable that uh, the church would consider naming your new building over here in honor of the Jennings family. And I'm honored that the Jennings family is here tonight because we've been friends a long time. And somebody overheard Brother Gary at Scotty's today say, I would give $500 to hear Phil Hoskins preach again. And Gary said that. And I'm glad you're here tonight. So uh, uh, he did. He said, I would give $500 to hear Phil preach again. So uh, we'll, we'll see if you honored your word tonight. <laughs> Amen. Before the message, if you want to be turning to the book of Mark chapter 13, Mark chapter 13, I want to say a word about your pastor, and, I, and I'm very sincere. Uh, I'm thankful for the friendship that uh, has been established with your pastor, Brother Jamie, and it's been my joy to be with you, uh, I think maybe three years in a row, and this church has been very gracious to me and blessed me. Um, you feed me well when I'm here. Put me in a nice hotel over in Conover. Is that right, Conover? And um, uh, you've always blessed my ministry, and I thank you for the investment that you have made in my life. And you're blessed and very fortunate to have a pastor like Brother Jamie. And I love him with all of my heart, and I'm glad you're my friend. God bless you. All right? Mark chapter 13 and verse 28. I'm preaching this message by request. Three people since I have been here have asked me to consider, prayerfully consider, preaching this message. And last night, I said, we need to hear when the Lord speaks. So I, I felt in my heart that maybe God had spoken to me through these three individuals who asked me to prayerfully consider preaching this message. I think I may have preached this message here about 30 years ago. And uh, if you remember it, don't tell anybody because it'll tell how old you are, okay? So, Mark 13, and I want to preach tonight on the heavenly porter. The heavenly porter. Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So ye in like manner, when ye shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words shall not pass away. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man. Know not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son but the Father. Take ye heed, watch and pray, for you know not when the time is. Verse 34. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey, who left his house, 
and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work. Listen. And commanded the porter to watch. The heavenly porter. In my study of the scriptures, I have learned that Jesus has been likened unto many things. In scripture, Jesus has been likened unto water. A lady came to a well seeking to quench her thirst. Jesus met her there, and he instructed that woman, if you drink of this water, you will thirst again. But if you will drink of the water that I will give unto thee, ye shall never thirst. So I've seen Jesus liken unto water. In Scripture, I have also seen Jesus liken unto fire. John the Baptist came declaring, I indeed have baptized you with water unto repentance. But there is one coming after me, and he is mightier than I, and he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So I have seen Jesus in Scripture liken unto water. I have seen Jesus liken unto fire. I have also seen Jesus liken unto a mighty rushing wind. On the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit manifested himself that day in the form of a mighty rushing wind. But tonight we shall not see Jesus as water. We shall not see him as fire. Nor shall we see Jesus as a mighty rushing wind. Tonight we shall see Jesus likened unto a porter. And I would like to read verse 34 of our text again. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a far journey who left his house and gave authority to his servants and to every man his work and commanded the porter to watch. So tonight our Lord Jesus has been likened unto a porter, keeping in mind that a porter is simply one to assist us in our season of trouble. And a porter is simply one who is there to assist us in our time of need. And tonight I'm going to share a story with you. Many years ago I was in a meeting in Burlington, North Carolina. And an old Wesleyan preacher by the name of Dr. J. Harold Lohman. He came to hear me preach. He was an anointed man of God. After the service we went to a restaurant and shared a meal. And he said, Brother Phil, I'm going to share a story with you. And he said, I pray that someday, somewhere, down the road, this will make a great sermon for you to preach. He said, now, Brother Phil, when, when I was a young preacher, 
He said, I didn't drive a nice car like you drive. When I was a young preacher, I, I, I was not afforded the fine uh, luxury jet liners that you fly across this country in. He said, as a young preacher your age, I used to ride the train, and I would go from town to town preaching the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he said, one night after I had closed a meeting in southern Alabama, he said a family had already been by the train station. They had purchased my ticket for me, and they carried me to the train station. And that night, as we were waiting on the train to arrive, he said, uh, it began to rain. And he said, Brother Phil, I was soaking wet from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And he said, I was so anxious to get home because it had been many weeks since I had seen my wife and children. And then he said, Brother Phil, suddenly I heard a whistle blow. And I looked down the track, and there came the train that would carry me to Greensboro, North Carolina. And he said, Brother Phil, as that great train pulled into the station, he said, I didn't notice who the captain was, nor did I notice the engineer. But he said, as that great train pulled into the station, there was a gentleman who stepped off of the train known as the porter. And the porter stepped off of that train and he came directly to me. And he looked at me and said, Sir, you look a little weak and you look a little weary. And your load tonight looks awful heavy. So if you'll give it to me, I'll be happy to carry it for you. I said, Dr. Loman, that's what the heavenly porter Jesus told me one day. I was only nine years old and the old gospel train passed by a little country Baptist church in the hills of East Tennessee. And Jesus, the heavenly porter, stepped down and said, Son, you look weak and you look weary. And son, your load tonight looks awful heavy. So if you'll give it to me, I'll be happy to carry it for you. And that night, Jesus stepped down, he said. And he, and he took my bag and he, and he took my suitcase and, he, and with those strong arms, he turned around to go back up on the train. And I said, Dr. Loman, I think I'm seeing what you want me to see. Because when Jesus passed by my life, he, he took upon himself my sins and he took all my sin and all of my shame and he took all of my suffering and, and to be honest with you tonight, the weight of those sins were far too heavy for me to carry. And I am thankful that Jesus took upon his strong shoulders all of the sins that I had ever committed and all of the sins that I would ever Never commit, and he cast him into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered against me anymore. And I said, Dr. Loman, that's wonderful. He said, oh, it gets better. He said, when he took my suitcase and when he took my suit bag and started up the train, he, he looked around and said, uh, sir, have you ever been on a train like this? I said, no, sir. 
I've never been on a vessel like this vessel. He said, no problem. All you have to do is stick real close and just follow me. I said, Dr. Loman, I'm about to have a spell. He said, go ahead, son. I did. I said, Dr. Loman, one day Jesus, the heavenly porter, passed by. And he said, son, I'm going to lift your sin. I'm going to forgive you for all that you've ever done. But now that you've committed your life to me, just simply follow me. And tonight I'm following Jesus, the heavenly porter. Folks, I am not following a denomination. I am not following a creed. I am not following the Pope. I am following Jesus, the heavenly porter. And let me give you some good advice tonight. Get your eyes off of everybody else and cast your eyes on Jesus. Folks say, well, preacher, I'd go to East Taylorsville, but you know they have hypocrites in their church. And I hear that all the time. I've had people to come up to me and say, Brother Phil, I'd love to come to higher ground, but they have so many hypocrites at higher ground. And my reply is simply this. Come on over, join the crowd. We've got room for one more. Amen. Hey, get your eyes off of the fallen preachers. Get your eyes off of the hypocrites. Get your eyes off of everybody and tonight cast your eyes upon Jesus because he will never discourage you. He will never disappoint you. He will never disillusion you. He will never let you down. He is a faithful friend to the end. Just get your eyes on Jesus. And he said, Brother Phil, as we went through the train. He said, we, we finally came to a little cabin. And he said, Dr. Loman, this is your cabin. And it's been reserved for you. And it's yours for the endurance of the trip. But he said, Dr. Loman, you need to understand something. We have a full train tonight. And the passengers' needs will be many, and they will vary. But Dr. Loman, if you need me, all you have to do is push this little button right here. And regardless of the need and regardless of the hour, you just push that button and I'll be here as soon as I can. I said, Dr. Loman, that's what Jesus told me one day. He said, son, you're going to have a lot of needs. They're going to vary and they're going to come at different times of your life. But I want you to know that you have access to me and it's called intercessory prayer. And regardless of the need and regardless of the hour, all you have to do is call upon the name that is above every name. And I will supply your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I said, Dr. Loman, that's going to help me down the road. What are you saying tonight? I'm looking at some folks tonight that are weary. I'm looking at some folks tonight who are tired. I'm looking at some folks tonight who are just about ready to throw in the towel. And most Baptist preachers are ready to throw in the towel every Monday morning. But I've learned something. Every time I've thrown in the towel, the Holy Spirit throws it back and says, Get back in there. 
hunkered down, stick with the stuff. I am faithful. I'm on time. I'm never early and I'm never late. And if you need me, all you have to do is call upon my name. There's some folks here tonight who are hurting. There are some folks here tonight who are troubled. There are some folks here tonight who are worried. And some of you remind me of my mama. She's almost 92 years old, and she still worries about her baby boy. She loves to worry, and uh, she invented worry. I went in one night, and I said, Mom, you look worried. You look stressed out. What's wrong? She said, I am. I said, well, Mom, what's wrong? She said, that's just it. I'm worried. I don't have anything to worry about. Amen. What are you saying? I want you to know tonight, listen to the preacher. Everything is under control. And I care not what is going on in your life tonight, whether it is a family need, a physical need, an emotional need, a spiritual need, regardless of the need. I want you to know that Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father. And he's just waiting on you to call upon his name. I guess what I'm trying to say tonight is this. There is nothing going to arise in your life tonight. And there is nothing going to arise in my life tonight that the heavenly porter, Jesus, cannot and will not handle ultimately for the glory of God. Amen. I wish I was preaching in a black Pentecostal church tonight. Maybe somebody would help me a little bit. Amen. I'm telling you tonight, regardless of your need, Jesus is on call. And whatever need you have, all you have to do is cast it at the feet of Jesus and just step back and watch God perform a mighty miracle in your life. He said, I went to bed that night knowing that everything's under control. I'm going to bed tonight knowing even though the world is spinning out of control, God's hand is still in charge. Amen? He said, I went to bed, slept like a log. And he said, Brother Phil, do you remember me telling you that, that when I was waiting on the train that it began to rain and, and my, my suit was soaking wet and I got mud all over me? And he said, the next morning when I awakened, he said, I wasn't aware of it, but some, are y'all listening to me? He said, sometime during the night, the porter came by and he took my suit and he, he laundered it. And he pressed it. Sometime during the night, the porter came by and he he laundered my shirt and he starched it and it looked as though it was a, a new shirt. And sometime during the night, The porter came by and he took my shoes and he he cleaned them off and he polished them and he said they were shining as though they were new. And then it dawned on. Now that the porter has me on board, he's going to care for me. 
and take care of every need as long as I'm on board. Are you thankful tonight Jesus, the heavenly porter, is still on call? And aren't you glad he knows every hurt, he knows every tear, he knows every heartache, he knows every burden. He knows every weight that you have carried into this service. And Jesus, the heavenly porter, is just waiting to supply your needs and encourage you and love on you and affirm to your heart and spirit everything's going to be all right. I said, Dr. Loman, that's good. He said, hang on, it gets better. He said, I, I put my suit on, put on my shoes, put on my shirt. Man, I was styling and profiling. And he said, then I heard the porter say, breakfast is served. Breakfast is served. Now, you may have not gotten anything out of this message thus far. But if you're a real Baptist, you're going to love this part of the sermon. He said, breakfast is served. He said, I went to the dining car. He said, Brother Phil, I've never seen a spread like that spread. He said, they had fried eggs. They had scrambled eggs. They had poached eggs. He said, they had sausage and bacon and country ham. He said, they had sawmill gravy. He said, they had cat head biscuits. Hallelujah. He said they had everything you could possibly imagine on that buffet. And he said, now I had two options. I could go in there and stare it down, or I could go in there and be seated and enjoy the meal. And may I remind you tonight that every time you enter this sanctuary, the Lord Jesus, the heavenly porter, has a banquet table full. And you have two options. You can walk in here on Sunday morning and just stare your pastor down. You can walk in here on Sunday morning and just stare the choir down. You can walk in here anytime you assemble in the name of Jesus and just be a spiritual observer. Or you can be seated at the table of God. And you can understand that he has a table spread for those who will come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitude turned the water into wine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. You say, well, Brother Phil, what's on that table? I'll tell you what's on that table. Manna from heaven is on that table. Esquil grapes from the master's vineyard is on that table. Well, occasionally you'll get into a little honey from the rock on that table. But I want you to know tonight, I decided a long time ago, I'm not going to stare it down. Son, I'm going to find me a seat, pull myself up to the table and say, Lord, fill me with your power. Fill me with your grace. Fill me with your substance that I might be filled full and overflowing for the glory of God. I like those Holy Ghost biscuits. 
But most of you are just guilty of staring it down. You're afraid you might get something you can't handle. You're afraid you might get something you can't digest. Amen. Now I'm being nice to y'all. Come over the mountain some Sunday. Amen. Hey, I'm telling you, a Baptist amaze me. Folks, there is a table spread tonight, and the Lord Jesus Christ has prepared the meal. And, and the Bible says, Blessed are those what? Who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You don't have to be an observer and just check out the menu. Find your place at the Lord's table tonight. Look down the row and say, Pass the biscuits in Jesus' name. I'm going to help myself what God has prepared for me. See, most Baptists are really afraid to find their place at the Lord's table. They're afraid they might get in on a little glory. And if you get in on a little glory, occasionally you might have to raise your hand. And if you get in on the glory, you might have to ultimately say amen. If you get in on the glory, you might have to shout praise the Lord. If you get in on the glory, you might have to have a spell. And most Baptists are too dignified to have a spell. Baptists amaze me. You North Carolina people and you Duke fans are going to basketball games and you'll act like Comanche Indians and then you come to church and act like wooden Indians. <laughs> Amen. Hey, if you can get excited about ten guys bouncing a dead pig across the basketball floor, you ought to be able to get excited that Jesus died for you, was buried for you, arose for you, and some golden daybreak, he's coming back for you. Amen. <laughs> Is it all right to preach yourself happy in this church, Pastor? <laughs> hey, folks, enjoy the meal. It'll be a great day when Christians stop enduring Christianity and start enjoying their salvation. You say, you're more like a Pentecostal. I don't care what you call me. Amen. One lady came to our church one day. She said, you're not, you're not a Baptist. Baptists don't act that way. She said, you're charismatic. I said, I'm a what? <laughs> she said, you're charismatic. Hey, some of y'all tonight, you've let the devil bluff you out and scarecrow you out from raising your hands and praising the Lord and saying amen because you're afraid somebody's going to think you're a Pentecostal or a charismatic. Hey, I couldn't even say the word right for years. I used to call them charismatics. I couldn't even say it right. <laughs> amen. I do know this, one day I met the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that one day he cleansed my heart and saved my soul. I know that tonight I am sealed into the day of redemption. And praise God, that's something to shout about. So enjoy the meal. He said, son, I ate those biscuits and gravy and 
He said, amen, homemade jam. And by the way, there will be cat head biscuits at the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said, I got so full. I was full. I had to go rest. And he said, I went up to the passenger's car and found me a, found me a seat. He said, the porter came by. He said, Dr. Loman, now you just need to rest for a while. Just rest. And if you need anything, just call me. For the only duty you have today is to rest. He said, Brother Phil, you seem awful optimistic. Are you living in the real world? Sure am. I've just learned to rest in Jesus. He's got some mighty big arms. I'm about to have a running spell. Amen. He's got some mighty big arms and he's got some mighty strong arms. And the Word of God teaches us Draw nigh unto him, and he will draw nigh to you. And when you draw nigh to him, and when he draws nigh to you, friend, you can rest in the presence of Jesus. I found a hiding place. Y'all going to get this by slow freight tomorrow over a turkey leg and you're going to have a spell and you're going to choke on that turkey leg tomorrow amen I said I have found a hiding place and I'm resting in Jesus and can I say this some of you looking at me tonight and you say well you, you pastor a good church and you just travel all over the country preaching you don't have any problems you don't have time few years ago when Brenda and I lost our little son and Gary when we drove out of the gates of Oak Hill Cemetery folks it's as real to me as though it happened yesterday the desire of my heart was to have a son and our little boy died shortly after birth and suddenly the desire of my heart was crushed as we drove out of the cemetery, it's as vivid and as real to me tonight. I heard the enemy whisper to my heart, Hey, preacher, where's your God now? And I hit bottom. Rock bottom. But I got good news for you tonight. I've been to the bottom. And it's solid. I said, I've been to the bottom and it's solid. And I want you to know tonight we can rest in Jesus. You can find a, a hiding place in Christ. Why? Because you're safe. You are sheltered in the arms of a holy God. I said, you're sheltered. 
arms of God. There's no better place to be than in the arms of God. I'm so saved, it's pitiful. <laughs> Amen? Not only am I saved, I am secured, and I am sealed until the day of redemption. See, when Jesus saved me, he applied the blood of Jesus to my heart. In order for the devil to get me, he'd have to come through my heart. By the time he came through my heart, he'd come through the blood. And by the time he come through the blood, he'd be a saved devil. <laughs> and that ain't going to happen. His days are numbered. I'm telling you tonight... The enemy is on the run. It may look like he's winning the battle tonight, and he may well be. But I've read the back of the book, and we win. And praise God, the church wins the war. Amen. We win this deal. We win this deal. He said, but Brother Phil, he said, after my meal and after the rest, it was all well, it was all good, but I was still missing my wife and kids, and I was still missing home. And the porter came by, and I said, sir, don't misunderstand me. You've been a gracious host. You've supplied every need. But it's been weeks since I've seen my wife and kids. And I was just wondering, how much farther till we get home? How much farther till we get home? How much farther to Greensboro, North Carolina? And the porter stood there. And he said, sir, I'm not exactly sure. I know this. We're closer today than we were yesterday. And we're closer right now than we've ever been before. Brother Jamie, everywhere I go, all across this country, he would say, Preacher Phil, surely Jesus is coming soon. All that's going on in the political world, all that's going on in the moral world, all that's going on. Surely Jesus is coming soon. And people ask me almost every week, Brother Phil, how much longer till we get home? And Dr. Loman helped me out. And I just tell everybody, I'm not sure, but I know this. We're closer tonight than we were last night. Think about this. We're closer to heaven right now than we've ever been. Isn't that exciting? I'm going to, I'm going to get a new body. Jalapeno. Amen. <laughs> I'm going to get a new body. My hair's not going to fall out anymore. L4 and L5 is going to be healed. I'm not going to have arthritis anymore. Amen? Why? Because when we finally get to the house, the Bible says we're 
going to have a body fashioned into the likeness, into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not long. I guess what I'm trying to say is it's no time to retreat. It's no time to quit. It's no time to throw in the towel. The house is just in sight. We're closer to the eternal city of God right now than we've ever been before. Just hang in there. Weeping may endure for the night, but joys coming in the morning. He said, Brother Phil, it wasn't long till the porter came back and said, Dr. Loner, 30 minutes, we'll be in Greensboro. Said I ran back to my cabin, got all of my clothes, threw them in my suitcase, carried them back up to the passenger's car. And he said, the closer we got, the more excited I became. He said, we finally pulled in to the station, Greensboro, North Carolina. Are y'all listening? He said, I looked out the window. He said, for the first time in my preaching ministry, every member of my family was there to welcome Daddy home. My wife, my kids, all all my grandchildren, they were there to welcome me home. These tears just filled my eyes. And I got so excited, couldn't wait hug my wife. Couldn't wait to embrace my children. Couldn't wait to love on my grandchildren. He said, Brother Phil, in my excitement, he said, I rushed off the train without thanking the porter for all he had done for me. He said, after I'd embraced my wife and kissed my wife, need to thank the porter. He said, I turned around, went back up on that train. He said, that tall, handsome black man, the porter, was standing there. And he said, he extended his hand and I extended mine. But I had to do more than that. He said, I put my arms around him and said, sir, Thank you for all you've done for me. Thank you for the trip of my life. I will never forget you. Folks, someday the old gospel train is going to pull in to the city of God. Last leg, final run. And I have the precious promise that every member of my family that has died in grace will be there to welcome me when I get home. And I want to give you folks at East Taylorsville here tonight a fair warning. Are you listening? When I get to heaven, when I find Jesus, the heavenly porter, I'm going to have the time of my life 
And when he places within my arms my little baby boy, Christian, I'm going to forget about being a Southern Baptist. I'm going to forget about all of my training and all of that that said keep your emotions under control. I'm going to shout and praise God, hoop and holler and stir it up. Amen. And the best part about that day is that day will last forever. And while the ages roll, I will be found praising Him. But I can't enjoy heaven. I can't enjoy my family and all of my friends and all that God has prepared until, first of all, I find Jesus thank him for the trip of my life for loving me caring for me supplying every need in my life according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus I think a song says it well when I thank him for what he has done I must look back to the crucified one on that heavenly shore I must kneel once more. And on that day, I will thank him for all he has done. May we pray. A lot of needs represented here tonight. I want to be real personable with you because I want to help you. And I want to remind you that the porter is here. He's passing by. And he knows you're weak and he knows you're weary and he knows you're low. Your load is heavy. He also knows you can't carry the load alone. He's whispering to your heart right now, if you'll move over, I'll be happy to carry your load. How many of you tonight would say, Brother Phil, there's a situation in my family and that load is too hard for me to carry? My family needs to be reconciled and restored. Will you pray for the family needs represented in my life tonight? I'm weak and weary, and I've given it my best shot. But my family needs a touch from God. Can I see your hand all over the building? God bless you. How many of you here tonight say, Brother Phil, I have physical needs that only God can meet. I know he loves me, he cares for me. I know he's still the great physician, and I know he's still on call. And tonight, my physical needs are just too heavy for me to carry alone. And I need the Master's touch tonight. Pray for me. Can I see your hand? Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. God bless you. God bless you. Now, I don't want this to embarrass you. But every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Some of you do not have a financial burden.
and you're struggling to challenge. But I just want to remind you tonight, God wants to help you carry your load. You say, Brother Phil, I have a financial need. It's uh, tough. It's heavy. It's burdensome. But I know God's with me. And I'm going to remain faithful. And I'm going to trust Him to supply my needs. Pray for me, Pastor. Can I see your hand? Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid. Okay. Now, the greatest need of all needs is the need of Jesus. If you're here tonight and you've never been saved, you've never committed your life to Christ, you need to. And you need to do it tonight. Right now, you say, Brother Phil, I've never accepted Jesus, or I'm not sure that if I were to die, where I would spend forever. Will you pray this little prayer with me right now? Only if you can mean it from your heart. Pray this prayer right now in the stillness of this moment. Lord Jesus, I confess my sins to you. Forgive me. Save me. I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I'm not ashamed of you, Lord. And I will confess you before men. It's about eyes closed. If you just prayed that prayer, you were sincere, you meant it. Raise your hand and let me see it. All right? Anyone anywhere in the balcony on the main floor, anyone anywhere here tonight, did you pray and ask Jesus to come into your heart? Just lift your hand. Now, in just a moment, we're going to sing. We're going to give the invitation. But in prelude to that, I'm going to do this. I'm going to count to the number three. I want to ask every person that raised their hand tonight that you have a family need, a financial need, a physical need, an emotional need. I want you to clearly understand the Heavenly Porter is waiting for you. He wants to receive you. And He wants to help you carry your burden tonight. But before he can carry it, you have to surrender it to him. When I count to the number three, if you raised your hand and you were sincere and you meant it, I want to ask you to come. I want you to find a place to pray and stay as long at the altar as you need to stay. Are you ready? Will you be the first one? Are you ready? One, two, three. Just come on right now. Just come on while we stand together, while we sing. Let's all stand together.
folks at the altar stay as long as you need, need to stay. to prayer this time. Just bow your heads and, and pray right now. Just thank the Lord for His love and mercy in your life. Thank the Lord that when you hit bottom, He was there. It was solid, but He was there. It's a Thanksgiving time. Thank Jesus for His blood. We're going to celebrate His blood Sunday. Thank the Lord for a second chance. And thank the Lord for a new day. Father, we just want to tell you that we love you, Lord. Thank you so much for how you helped, Lord. You've helped some people tonight. And Father, we want to thank you for that. Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. Father, we want to thank you, Lord, that that once we follow you, Lord, you're going to see us all the way through. And Father, we may go through hard times, but Jesus, you're there, and we thank you for that. Father, we pray that you'd be glorified in the good times, Lord, be glorified in our suffering. And Father, I pray that what we do for you would bring honor and glory to your holy name. Father, there are others in this congregation tonight, Lord, that, Father, need your touch. And Lord, I pray that you would touch them even now. Father, I pray that they would quit looking to other things and look to you and surrender to you. And Father, I pray that tonight would be a new night, a, a new start in their lives. And Father, we'll thank you and praise you for what you do. And Father, we love you and we honor you and we bless your good name. In Jesus' name I pray and all of God's saints said, amen. Well, folks, I want to thank you so much for being here, for being so faithful. I want to thank our choir for singing. Let's praise the Lord and give them a, a good hand. Thank you, Sharon, so much. I know you want to go back and talk to Phil. I uh, just want you to understand he has a long drive tonight. So please, um, if you want to go by and, and, and buy one of his sermons or something like that, do that. But please don't, don't take a lot of his time. I know you want to say hey to him. And thank him for preaching the word. We had the word preached to us this week, didn't we? Thank Brother Gary. I want to thank Gary for preaching Sunday morning and Sunday night. Heard a lot of great comments about Gary Jennings preaching. He's not a bad preacher, is he? Thank, thank you, brother. I love you. Thank you so much. And uh, let's bow our heads. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna close in a prayer of thanksgiving. Father, we want to thank you once again, Lord, for allowing us to meet together, Lord, these uh, these days. Jesus, thank you for meeting with us in this sanctuary every night. 
And Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for how you've helped. Father, we thank you for what you're going to do. Lord, I want to thank you for this church. Lord, it's an honor to pastor here. And Father, I pray that, Lord, we'd share this good news with everyone we meet, Lord. Give us opportunities to share our faith. And Father, I pray that when we meet on Sunday mornings together with our families, that, Lord, we'd invite our neighbors and our friends and our co-workers, and that, Father, we'd see folks come to know you and, Lord, experience what we've experienced. And, Father, we'll thank you for what you do, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Happy Thanksgiving. And I hope